0: I don't want to be a product of my environment, I want my environment to be a product of me. Top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid Real at every angle, I ain't worried about the audit Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me I be living lavish, that's why these haters be hating me Stronger than I ever been, never break, never been. God first, family second, money is like next to kin So if you come in for me, pull the trigger, gone and shoot our mindset, lifestyle bulletproof Bulletproof, built up than your average, ultimate hustler, I'm the total package, bulletproof. I know you see me in your scope, I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat, bulletproof, built up than your average, ultimate hustler, I'm the total package bulletproof. I know you see me in your scope, I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat, bulletproof. bulletproof, bulletproof. bulletproof. What's up, everybody? You're on the Bulletproof Mafia, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode What is today's episode name, Phil? Is it, I hate Dave Ramsey? Or is it, what if you save your whole life for retirement and then you die? I don't know what to call it. Maybe it's, maybe it's a penny saved is a penny earned. I don't know what the hell we're going to call it. But here's what we're going to talk about. First, I want to show you something. You've got to be on YouTube to see this, but on my set in the background is this piggy bank, and it's called the monkey bank. And what you can't see here, I'll describe this to you. It's it's this old, like cast iron bank. And it's it's small, it's got a monkey and a little switch, and it's spring loaded. And when you you, you put a penny in the monkey's mouth, and whenever you pull this little little lever here, the monkey delivers the penny into the bank. And This little item, this piggy bank, this money bank, this monkey bank, was my grandmother's. It was in her house. And I would beg her for pennies so that I could go over and penny after penny after penny after penny, I would, I'd put through that bank. I figured out how to open up and just get pennies out of it. And I was just like, it just fascinated me. I don't know if it was just the handling of money that I enjoyed or if it was the fact that that monkey sprung into action and dropped that penny perfectly where it needed to go every single time. Well, what's crazy is my grandmother, this is my my dad's mother and my grandpa, the one that was my mentor and taught me a lot about business. Grandpa would teach me about business and grandma would teach me about affairs of the heart. Now, I remember both of these people really spoke into my life whenever my dad died at the age of 25 and, and grandpa talked to me about money all the time, but grandpa had this, this thing, this, this, what I don't want to call it a fear of money, but a fear of the lack of money to a point that. Some of my family members would refer to my grandfather, my idol, right, as a tightwad. But my grandpa would look at me and he would say, Lad, I can squeeze a penny so hard in my right hand that a dollar bill will pop out of my left one. Like He took pride in the fact that he was able to pinch pennies and find spots where he could save money or, or make a little, scratch a little more, or make a little. But it was all in an intent to hoard it. I'm going to hoard it. And I'm going to get my house paid for, I'm going to get my trucks paid for, I'm going to get the, you know, he had a little side hustle, a little bait farm that, I you know, made him an extra 30, 40 G's a year. He, He wanted that paid for, he wanted to pay for cash for his stuff, and so this was his hunt. This is that Dave Ramsey vibe, right? This is that, here's what you do. When you're in your 20s, when you're in your 30s, you start saving and you start paying off debt and get all your debt paid for and save cash and, and use an envelope system and, and your envelope, you, you should have money sorted out for all the days. And when you run out of money for that day, you're out of money for that day and you put money in the bank and you get ahead and you scrape and you go in and and, and this slow cooker approach to wealth creation. And if you subscribe to the Dave Ramsey lifestyle, good on you. It tells me a lot about you. It tells me a lot about the people who've spoken to your life, who've educated you about money, who've educated you about wealth, who've educated you about scale, about growth. And what's funny is, people seem to think that there are two lanes. There's lane number one, which is that Dave Ramsey, like the thing he teaches you, live like no one else today so you can live like no one else later, or some crap like that. Basically, it means sacrifice and skimp today so that later when no one else can afford it you can live the lifestyle you want and that's Q and it's probably good for a lot of people and when I say it's good for a lot of people it's good for these for these I don't want to call it it's not bipolar it's not the right word but this but this two view this double view perspective that you either you either do that Or you have what the Joneses have today without thinking about how am I going to pay for it. In other words, you either do the envelope system and save your ass off and you live scarcely and you fear the lack of money. You fear running out of money. You live paycheck to paycheck where the biggest advancement you have is negotiating a little bit more more income from your employer. Begging your way into a raise or sometimes digging your heels in and demanding that money. And that employer leverages, or in his mind, you know, scales it. How much are you worth and how much am I willing to pay you? How much more am I willing to pay you? Or should it, is it more cost effective for me to just say, sorry, I'm not going to pay you more and train somebody else who will work for 30% less than you were working for when you came in and demanded the raise? Like, this is, this is what's happening on the other side of the desk. That's you. You're that person. And you need the Dave Ramsey because you're going to live a very safe, boring life until that time when you can live that life that nobody else can. You're 55, 60 years old, and you're a millionaire. And that's awesome. A few people that I know in their 50s and 60s are active. A few people that I see are truly living that next-level lifestyle in their 50s and 60s. But most of the people who are healthy, in their fifties and sixties, and they're not wore down and their bodies aren't broken and they're not gray headed and stressed and, and like caught in the sick, the cycle of misery, their entire life. We're the ones that figured it out long before they were 50 or 60 long before they had to slow cook their way to wealth. Now, Grant Cardone talks about a theory that I like to take to, but, but, but I almost went there before I talk about the other, the other version, the other version, right? Like version number one is Dave Ramsey envelope saves pay cash for everything. Cool. If you need that, you need that. That's if, if I were in the financial education conversation, what grade did you just say you're into me? You're in somewhere between first and fourth grade next is, is, is fourth and maybe these could be reversed depending on the way you look at it. The next person recognizes that they can leverage their credit. And they can have the same things that the Ramsey people want decades ahead of them. They can have the nice car. They can have the nicer home. They can have the nicer clothes. Watch. Their kids can go to better schools. What you don't see is, and my, my father-in-law dubbed these people $5 millionaires. These are people who have the persona that they have a shit ton of money, but they're up to their eyeballs in debt. Their goal is to make enough money to pay the debt load, the debt service that they have every single month. Their hustle's not as strong as their spend, and so they play Russian roulette with their life. That's why any time in a—and you see this a lot with professionals. That's why when the airline had their crisis back in the late 2000s, because— Because when the housing economy sunk or in 9-11, when people were afraid to fly, you know, post 9-11, when people were afraid to fly and and there was like this great big layoff on major airlines and all of the sudden airline pilots, bankruptcy, 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 boycott, like they couldn't, they couldn't afford to stand outside and, and, and picket for their union. They needed to work to pay their bills. And you see, this happens again and again and again. You'll see doctors who, if they get hurt and they get put out of work without some major windfall, every once in a while there's an exception, you'll see see a doctor who, like doctors who get derailed. They can't pay their bills. They built this lifestyle around, around their income because they didn't think that there could possibly be a scenario where that income would stop. And so they built their debt to, to have the appearance of major wealth. What's the downside? The downside is, is that it's fake. And you see this on all levels. You see people making $50,000 a year who are really brilliant at managing money living like they make 75 or 80. You'll see $80,000 people living like they make 150. 150 living like they make a quarter of a million. A quarter of a million living like they make a half a million. But it's horseshit. It's fake. It's smoke and mirrors. They're $5 millionaires. The appearance of their lifestyle is broken. So what's the third option? Why do we save money? Why, what is the purpose of saving money? You see, for me to really like, get this through your head, I need you to rethink the way that you think about money. And I talk about this so often. You see, this piggy bank is a temporary hold. It's a place where you put your pennies in, but on purpose. Now, for me, when I was a little kid, it was popping the bottom off so I could get more pennies so that I could entertain myself again. And the piggy bank didn't take the money. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a, a gumball machine or a consumable machine. It wasn't like a pinball machine where the entertainment's what you were paying for. It was this machine that was designed just to show the process of money in, money out, money in, money out. And that's why we should save. We should save with thought process that we're going to save enough money to invest it. There's a really great book. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And this book talks about your pennies, your coins, being little soldiers and sending your soldiers out with one mission. And that mission is to recruit other soldiers and to bring them back. So you put $1,000 out, and you tell this $1,000, I need you to recruit me 200 new soldiers a month. I put $1,000 out, I want to make $200 on it a month. That's a 20% return on your investment. You send, that's not an annualized return, so don't get technical on me, just hear me out. You put 10, and you do that. That 1,000 goes to work. Let's say it only brings you $50 a month. That's a 5% return on your investment. Annualized, it's a 60% return on your investment. Put it out. $1,000. If, if I said to you, if you give me $1,000, I'll pay you $50 a month for the next three years, is that a good investment? You should quickly be able to say, yep, I'll do it. Stick your hand out, shake their hand. But more than that, you should be thinking, how can I take a $1,000 or $2,000 investment and turn it into a soldier, even if it's leveraged with a little bit of my own time? How can I turn that 1000 or $2,000 into an income source? Why not go buy a $2,000 camera like we're shooting this podcast with? Jump on YouTube, read two or three books, become an expert in the field of lighting. Learn what three point lighting is. Learn what camera placement, how that affects. Learn what lenses do what, what lenses have what effects, and figure out okay, I got to figure, like, I got to save $3,200, and then I can make $2,000 a weekend shooting wedding videos. First, network amongst your friends and family. Throw it on Facebook. Hey, like, uh, here's the jump on Fiverr. Jump on, like, there's a ton of them. Jump on Fiverr. Jump on 99designs. Get a logo. Jump on GoDaddy. Find a URL that kind of describes what you are. The ugliest, the ugliest weddingographer, whatever it is. Uglyweddingvideos.com. I promise you'll sell something. Just put it out there. Get word out what you're doing and, and start to make money. And then what's cool is once you begin that process and you figure out, you know what? Like this isn't that hard. This is something I could teach to somebody. And you hire somebody and that somebody comes in and they start doing this for you. Now listen to that two or $3,000 investment. Let's, let's call it five. And let's say you, you spend five grand. You buy all the equipment you need. You set it up. You do five or 10 weddings. So you do 10 weddings at $2,000 a copy. You just made 10 grand, 100% return on your money. That means that your little soldiers brought you back double. You sent $5,000 out and they came back with 10. A little bit of sweat equity in that and I get it. But for the next 10 weddings, you have somebody with you. You do half as much work. You have $5,000 in the bank now and now you're thinking, okay, what can I do with five? What can I do with 10? And so you shoot 10 more weddings and you split the money with whoever helps you. They they get 1,000, you get 1,000. 10 weddings later, you've got another $10,000. Now you've got $15,000 plus your original five. So you've got $20,000 in the bank. $20,000, 20,000 soldiers to send out. There's only one reason to save money. Grant Cardone is right. The only reason to save money is to invest money. But in order to invest it, you have to have a plan of what? You're going to invest in, how you're going to leverage that investment for a return. And what's crazy is the better you get at this game, the more scalable it is, the better you get at recognizing opportunity and you stop thinking someday I want to be in the right place at the right time. And you begin to recognize that you are the right place at the right time. Or You can save for the next 25 years hoping that the economy continues to rise, hoping that your Edward D. Jones account continues to pay, hoping that Dave Ramsey's right, and your best years are truly the ones where you've got a couple million dollars in the bank. You hope that your back lets you go do that skydiving that you want to, the cliff jumping that you want to, the snorkeling in the the Hawaiian Islands that you want to. The skiing in Colorado that you'd like to, the walking through vineyards in Southern California, maybe that's something you want to do. Maybe you want to go to Turtle Island, Fiji, and swim with the like swim with dolphins and bright blue electric starfish. Turtle Island, that's that's where they shot the movie the Blue Lagoon the Blue Lagoon with uh, Brooke Shields. Everything I just named, I've done, and I could have never done on the Dave Ramsey slow and grow. It wouldn't have worked. Because what's worse, my dad's fate, die at 25, my mom's fate, die at 46, or grandpa's fate, work his entire life with the slow grow and hold method, where money's to be saved and getting debt free is what's most important, and dying at 87, having experienced some life and having like... It, it was okay. Like it was good. He didn't travel far, much farther than where he lived. His experience overseas was in the army. Not, not getting to experience the coolest corners of the world. Not getting to experience the finest foods that you can find. Not being able to walk into a store and buy whatever you want. Not worried about what's it cost. You just worry about is this something I like. And the best part, the most important part. Being able to be a blessing to the people around you, being able to use your money to make other people's lives better, building churches, building schools, sponsoring children, donating to mission trips, to like spreading your wings. And in, in this case, sending the soldiers out not for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. But I'll tell you, that's a hell of a lot harder under the umbrella of the gurus that say, Envelope, 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 save. Why don't you think about what you want out of this role and start to strategize and plan? Or just a couple bucks at a time, you can hope that you outlive your wealth creation. Savvy?